throws it onto the left. One last roll of the dice for Leo! Leo Berry, you start! Well, doesn't that just get you in the mood? Hannon running in inside 50 and puts the goal and gets dropped. The hairs on the back of my neck are up. Touch them. No, they are what, firm. What, what a great <laughs> Well, well, we're, we're talking about a, a qualifying, an elimination final there. We're, the other two was, that one was a grand final. Oh, what, well, it's just, just getting us in the mood on this Friday afternoon before a, a big march to the G, Matty. This is what it's all about. Yeah. This is why we follow this game. We're getting these heated discussions all year with people Power who, rankings. who don't really know what they're talking about. <laughs> because it gets to this time of the year where you can show people that you were right all along. Who are we talking about here, mate? Oh, I could go through. I could tick the names off as I, as I go through them. But, uh, no, it's very exciting. Um, I'm not I'm not confident one bit tonight, but it's just very exciting. Spoken like a true Melbourne supporter there, Matty. We're not confident in that. I just can't believe how short Melbourne are, really. I can't believe that either. And um, it helps that Stratton is out. Yeah, but also... That happens every year, though. Like, the team that yeah, loses when... in that first qualifying final and the second qualifying final tend to get a little bit underestimated going into the semi-final yeah, week. They because they've lost momentum, apparently. Yeah. But, I mean, let's look back... A week ago, and Hawthorne had won five straight so games, so. and they were one of the hottest teams in the competition. A lot of people gave them a chance against Richmond. So I think the thing in Melbourne's favour, though, is that the competition from what second down to six is pretty even. Yeah. So it's sort of on your day, who's better? And it was just those ladder positions. You know, mm. it's just maybe a luck of the draw here or there. But but Melbourne and Hawthorne all year have been pretty similar at a pretty similar standard as well. So well, you never know. But that's the one thing we've seen over the last couple of years. Momentum can carry sides. We saw it with the dogs and we saw it with the Tigers. What are you saying? Well, I'm just saying Melbourne, saying? Melbourne's no, witnessed that. I, like everyone else in the football community, they've witnessed it mm. and they can draw inspiration from it and I'm sure they've got the belief that they can do it. And same can be said for, say, GWS. Yep. I mean, they played Melbourne round 24 and they didn't look good at all. Oh, and no, then they come up them. against um, against Sydney and look like one of the... The strongest outfits I, out there. I really like them. They're up so they, They've huge. had two prelim final losses. They know how, what it takes to win finals. Maybe mm. not prelims yet, obviously. But and like I said a few weeks ago, they they've always got they've never got the support of the majority, do they? So they know what it's like to play in against away crowds. They've never Even been when great they play at the G, at away. I think we'll learn a lot about the Giants this weekend. So much so that I, th- I probably in my own mind, I'm leaning towards tipping Collingwood. But my God, if the Giants get up, they are a serious threat because they will just have enormous belief that they've turned this ship around. What happens if the Giants don't get up and they they get not embarrassed but beaten comfortably by by Collingwood? Do do you ask questions then about? Do you have to make some list changes Uh, because you know they've been at the same standard for now three years or they were. they were ravaged by injury earlier in the start of the year. Yeah. And even now they're still, you know, Kelly's not gonna play, he yeah. Shaw's out, um, Patton's got that other that knee injury. So it's not like they're going in fully healthy as well. The same can be said for Collingwood. I mean they've done really well to really we have. We have. um fight like they only bet West Coast in West Coast in a that was a ripping game in a hostile environment last week at the West Coast. I swear you could hear the bloody roars from the ground um 
from Ballarat. I mean, it was intense over there, and Collingwood nearly came away with it because they just have that cream midfield. Um, You know, Pendlebury, Sidebottom, Taylor Adams, and Trelaw. I mean... That when they're up and going, they're some of the best midfielders in the comp well, right I'm there. I'm hoping that Trelaw's better second up, yeah. second up horse, um, because he did, he did. You don't blame him. He did run out of gas a fair bit last week in the probably the last half, but um, we'll see out what he's like when he dances through the MCG what, straight through the corridor. What did you make of Tyson Goldsack's return? No, nah, I injury? loved it. I love Goldie. He's um, been an absolute servant of the football club. Was awesome for three quarters, and you could you couldn't. Um, ask any more of him for three quarters, but then West Coast was starting to get the ball in a little bit easier. So then Kennedy started to get his hands on a little bit more. And there's only so much you can do. Like he's he's probably yeah. giving away eight to ten centimeters against Kennedy, and maybe and probably ten kilos, five to ten kilos, and um, oh, not many other defenders would have maybe squared it up like that. Uh, coming six months off an ACL. Yeah, it's a great, happy with great that. feat. I mean, Collingwood, you had to give them um, credit where credit's due. They they had the Eagles against the ropes. They just couldn't couldn't capitalise. Yeah, exactly. But so we'll see how we go this week. I, I can almost see that Collingwood, like if we're talking about previewing games, I, I can see Collingwood really coming out strong with a home crowd of 70,000, 80,000 people. Mm. and really just applying that pressure early to GWS. That's like. probably the big thing that a lot of people haven't spoken about this week is the crowd. Yeah. yeah. And it's something that probably uh, worked against them in the preliminary final last year with, when Richmond had 95,000 oh, supporters yeah. to, to a cheer squad, pretty much. Crazy. And on, even in the last round of this year, Melbourne against the Giants, you know, it was, it was probably a, a 30,000, 40,000 crowd there. But there's not a soul what in that crowd that you could hear uh, as a Giants supporter. And that'll be the same this weekend. It will be extremely one-sided, oh, and it's yeah. something that the Giants are going to have to deal with. And they're probably always going to have to deal they're with it. They're going to learn. They've got to learn to feed off that, though, don't they? And they probably yeah. have, really. It'd be, very, it'd be really tough. That us, is a challenge. But, yeah, and it, like... When you're coming and kicking goals and no one's celebrating for you... But like, you've got to get yourself work. up. And that's that's the job of the coaches, the staff at GWS, for them to do that. And they've been around enough years now and played in those sort of environments mm. enough to really surely know how to handle it. There's one Just, person I'd like to talk about from GWS, and that's Callan Ward. Like, where do you guys hold Callan Ward in, in the... Competition. Oh, he's a, one of the best. You one of the best captains, and he. Have you seen that, him play many bad games? No, no. no. I, I'd say he's consistently one of the better players in the competition. He's one of those players you just know what you're going to get every time. Every time he's, he's reliable source of yeah of, of winning the footy. He's he's a true lead by example captain, yeah, isn't he? Yeah. Like he will lead them into battle. Yeah. And people speak can't speak highly enough on him. You like you hear Bob Murphy on radio and just says he's the most courageous player he's he's really ever played with. So yeah. you know, that's pretty good. Him and Phil Davis, two very good captains of the AFL and they're lucky to have both of them. Just to want to ask you a question, Maddie, without a bit of notice. But um you've always been a, a bit of a Geelong lover in a way. You, yeah. you love what Geelong do over the last few years. Where do you see them at now after the the uh, the elimination final defeat. Well, they're probably at the same point that they were 12 months ago. Yep. They're sort of half in that window, half out, and they're doing whatever they can to stay in it. I think they've got the nucleus there to, to challenge. I do think that they still have it, but time is ticking away and they have to make the right calls this off-season. I don't, I'm not sure what they are, but they have to nail every single move they make in in the market or it could turn really pear-shaped for them next year. Because yeah. it, it, if they weren't to make finals next year, that would be 
just a catastrophic failure of list management and it could set them back I'm gonna a say, number of years. I, I say it's going to be very hard for them to come back in, into the fray here because you've got people that are on the wrong side of 30. Yeah. And on the so, wrong side of 32, pretty much. Like, Harry Taylor is done. Yeah. Like, he is done. Yeah, he's cooked. Um, who else? Ablett, Ablett didn't look good at all. He really didn't. No. On the weekend when the pressure was really on. So they've got but, to find a way. To, that, they've got to find a way to play him in a better position. In, yeah. in saying that, he hasn't been their worst player. No, he's not even in their bottom six. So like, we, a lot of people will talk about Gary and that because he's got a high expectation. Exactly. Uh, let's be honest. It's their bottom six that's let Horrible. them down throughout the year. They haven't had the depth. And what do and, they do with that though? Like, and who are you critical of in from bringing that bottom six in, Josh? Like, who who is to blame there? That's list management because you yeah. haven't got the depth. Yep. You've got to develop players um, through your system and they, they haven't done that. They're, 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 where is their young talent? That, I think the they've gone too hard on the, the mature age talent like to bring them in. I think they've gone too hard on like the likes that obviously you're going to get Dave to feel on those sorts of things. But the mature age players like Stuart Cramery, why'd they have to bring him in when they could have probably brought in a younger person to develop? Yep. So that's where you've got to ask the question. But are they at a point now where, okay, they've made the decision where they're going after this premiership. They think they're in the window. They almost need to keep holding that line because at the end of the day, they're probably only a game a game and a half out of the top four. Yeah. Like yeah. It's that tight that it, any sort of improvement can actually see you, you know, Catapult up the ladder. Saying that, are they also a game and a half outside the bot, like the top eight? Yeah, it's, and a, I suppose it's that's, a fine line. Yeah. Absolutely, and that's what the AFL is now, and that's the part that's of equalisation. But does Chris Scott have to change the way he maybe does things? Well, they're going to have to because they've had the same sort of outcomes in the last couple mm. of years, haven't yeah. they? Yeah. Um, and it really is their top end quality that are getting them over the line, literally yeah. carrying them over the line. Yeah. yeah. And they've got to they've got to fix a way to change that because. Um, Hawkins is because is, you, you look at Richmond and the best players, the best teams in the competition at the moment. They're not carried by two or three players. No. They're carried by the whole entire team. Yeah, and that's your Melbournes, that's your Richmonds, that's your Collingwoods at the moment. Mm. Their their bottom half players are really they're, quality players. They've got an issue that when the the going gets tough, they don't have enough players stand up. Yeah, and they they're renowned to be downhill skiers. Do you yeah. think that because they've got those Dangerfield Selwood, that the yeah. other players just expect yes. them to lift and then yes. lift, they'll, they'll oh, lift themselves? Even from afar, you watch Geelong and sometimes you can see players at <laughs> the back of packs just trotting along and they're not playing with the... For example, in the first quarter of the, the first final against Melbourne, their intensity from half their uh, their squad was just nowhere near Melbourne's. And they're tackling pressure, their intensity around the footy, um, they're running, they were way off from the get-go. And their first quarters have been an issue in the first finals that they've played yeah. um, the That's last right. few years. Like yeah. There was some ridiculous stat the other day and how many um, first quarters they've been beaten in and comprehensively Having beaten. Having the goal in three out of the last four first quarters or something like that. I, I don't know if that really comes bad. down to themselves or the coaching. I think there's a sense of arrogance around Geelong and they just think, I think Chris Scott at times thinks it's just going to happen and kind of instills too much belief into his own players. The Barracker. Yeah. 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 Oh, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think one thing they, they might look forward to next year is that Radigalua, who looked pretty good at the start of the year, who got injured. I reckon he's going to come in and, and he, he looked pretty nice at the start of the year. So he was injured. Good inclusion. He might come back in and be a good inclusion. You never know. They're going to have to move the pieces around, though. Speaking of moving the pieces around, we'll move on to, I suppose, some off-season news, some upcoming off-season news. And... This week already, the trade talks have been 
started with Hanbury, you know, asking for a, at the exit interview for a trade to to St Kilda. Um, Stephen May, the captain of the the co-captain of the Gold Coast, along with Tom Lynch, wanting a trade. Mm. Um, is this going to be one of the bigger off seasons in terms of trade trade talks? We say that every year, though, yeah. don't we? Um, oh. but, but possibly, yeah. I mean, player movement is certainly on the rise and at the forefront of of the game right now. Yeah. It's, well, the interesting one for me is Sydney because it seems like there's a, quite a few of their top stars that are looking for a, for an exit. Well, Maybe yeah. they are sensing that uh, they're they're ready for a little bit of a mini rebuild. Well, possibly, I completely I, I see Sydney as a like a team you would want to be at now. I like, you would want to be at. Yeah, I, I do. So I why think they've got they, great why young. Asking it? Why I, Parker I, I'm and not too and, sure, Maddie. And, like. They are Melbourne boys, and they might want to head back home. You, you never know that. Hanabry, I think you can tell just by the way he's playing. I think he just needs it to freshen up somehow. And if it's a new club, then maybe that'll work. I think work. with Sydney, they probably, like a few of those players, that it's so gruelling probably being on Sydney's list. Like the, the game style, the training, they probably train as hard as anyone, and that's because they've been up the top for so long. Mm. that They probably do just want to refresh, and... I think Sydney's still in a really great position as a football club because yeah. you've got Mills coming through. Mills is going to be. Heaney coming through. You've got a lot of young talent. Florent looks really good. Hayward Lear looks Lear. really good. Aaliyah Ali, like, their talent. Ben is, Ronk. I reckon yeah. they have one of the best yeah. young lists no, in the I, competition. No, I totally agree. And I just think maybe you can sort of transition this out now. But it is... Who's ever wanted out of Sydney? Yeah. That's the main thing I'm sort of questioning. Like... No one's ever wanted out of Sydney. They love it up there. Tom Harley's almost really open to the idea of um, moving Hanabry on. He looks all but gone. Yeah. I think he's done. I think both parties agree. I think they'll probably take unders for him just to move that on quickly. I think the talk of a future second round pick or a second round pick, you know, something that's going to be a value of around 25 is probably what they're going to get. And let's be honest, he's a better player than a pick 25 in the draft. He's he's someone who's finished top six in the Brownlow on three occasions. So... It's one of those ones where I think Sydney's just happy to get something yeah. and move a, on. A good fit for St Kilda, though, Maddie, if that's oh, the case. It's, I don't it's, know. But it's interesting. You hear a lot of people say, what's the right fit? What's the wrong fit? At the end of the day, he's an A-grade midfielder, and St Kilda desperately lack quality players. Even a, They lack a name, Anyone, and Hanabry is a name. Any club near the bottom of the ladder, if Dan Hanabry walks into your footy club, should be just welcoming them with open, yeah, open arms. Yeah. No but matter what the injury There's is. no right or wrong fit for a good player going into a bad side. Yeah, and now I touched on Stephen May, and the rumours coming out that he has requested a trade. Oh, I mean, where gone. does, where does that leave this absolute hapless club? They are... I don't know. I don't know if hapless is a word, but my God, they are it. they got no identity at all. No, they don't. What do they stand for? I've got Nothing. no idea. Everyone who goes there just wants to leave. It's They need someone within the footy club to to just stand up and be like a, a you know, a Hercule. Like yeah. They need someone just to be... A, an enormous figure within that club and just put them on their back or something because it is not working up there at the minute. Oh, no. The AFL must be stressing about this. Must be. Because they can't be doing any, like, well financially. No, they're not. Their on-field performances have been completely lackluster. The finance, they got no staff. The financial... I, I mean, stars. 
the financial one isn't too much of a query because the AFL pretty much funds them anyway. Yeah. You know, like AFL want them to be self-sufficient yeah. in that regard, but they will fund them for no matter how long until they just decide not to, pretty much. I just don't think they have that natural support from the community and from a fan base you know, that's willing them on and pushing them to be better. Where you know, was like the due diligence? There's, there's no mean, drive for the footy nah. club to move forward. You know, like there was, you know, when Collingwood and Melbourne and Geelong were created as a football club, it was it was communities coming together, creating it with literally their suburban, own hands. Yeah. And it was in the su- suburbs. Like, they had a, they had a soul already, yeah. but this place, it just looks soulless. It's a boarding house, really, isn't mm. it? Like, the... the they get drafted and they're there for two or three years to do their, you know, VC or whatever they are to do. Yeah. And they're just there until they have to go home. Yeah. You know, and that's all it is. Can it's a holding station. Can you imagine if Collingwood lost three of their last captains and they decided to walk out the door? That would be catastrophic. It would be catastrophic. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be, like, it'd be PR crisis number one. It would and, be nuts. Yeah. And you'd never hear of it, would you? Like, it just. But for Collingwood would... to be in that situation, it would be... Um, something would have to go terribly cancerous wrong or something like club. something. Yeah, something. Would and have to and go it's almost wrong. that the Gold Coast is just accepted. Can you see any way out for the Gold Coast for them to become a relevant club, sufficient financially and on the field? No, oh, I, I really can't see can't. it. I can't. If you're cap, both captains leave your football club, you're and Ablett the year before, and Ablett. So you've got three captains leave within two years' time. Mm. That is damning, yeah. and like. Who wants to stay if your captain doesn't want to stay? Yeah. Oh, look, it's, it's very hard to find a, an answer for you to, to say that they are going to get would, out of would, this. How many people, if you did a poll on people that like football and was following football and you did a percentage of who would care if the Gold Coast just got the arse yep. compared to who would care if, who wouldn't care if they yeah. got the arse? Oh, it'd be damning. Yeah, I don't think anyone, really I don't think anyone would. Ma- it wouldn't matter. People would probably like it because you get the buyback. Yeah, makes North Melbourne's decision not to move up there. Fantastic. Doesn't that smart. make James Brayshaw and that board look mm. just heroic? Yeah, I, I think there's going to be a bit to come out of it this preseason because if they lose their captain again, no. Nah. Um, Jared Polak has been has requested a trade in North Melbourne. If you didn't know, and that was never going to happen, was it? Um, <laughs> How do we see that? How do we see Port Adelaide's, I suppose, year unfolding? Fail. Fail. Epic yeah. fail. Fail. And I tell you who... They're in a worse position than Geelong. And I tell you who doesn't come under enough scrutiny, and that is Travis Boak. I mean, Travis Boak is the captain of the football club. I haven't seen Travis Boak um, dominate a game and take a court up by the scruff of the neck in four or five years now. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I don't think that Travis Boak is an absolute A-grader, but he had the potential of... Um, you know, in the mould of a Callan Ward, someone like that, where you lead by example. But he yeah. just seems to have lost his ability to play a really good brand of football. Yeah, I don't think he ever went to that level that, that he was on the expected. verge of. He yeah. was on that verge of being the bona fide A grader yeah. all the time, and he sort of just teased us with it. As soon as that, they He's went a B plus footballer. As soon as Geelong went over there to try and poach him, you know, that's when he was probably at that verge. Yeah. And then since then, he hasn't really done. Anything. I mean, Wingard looks disinterested half the time when he's out in the field, but I think that might be, might be him. Getting Jack Watts, I mean, as a Melbourne supporter, that is not who you want to bring into your club if you're no. looking for a hardy finals contender. I mean, no. Jack Watts is a classy footballer. 
nothing more. Yeah. 11 kicks a game. Yeah, and just doesn't yeah. look like he wants any sort of body contact. So, and then you got Lindsay Thomas. Like, that was just a filler, filler spot. And who was the other one? Has they Thomas been delisted? Yeah, yeah he's he been has, delisted. Yeah. And there was someone else they bought in. Um, Rockley, who looked, who and looked Stephen really Rockley. poor. So, what Rockcliffe is, he's a good stats, bad team sort of glow, bloke, yeah, bloke yeah, yeah. I think. Oh, I think Rockcliffe had a below par year himself, though, as well. I, don't think, he, I think that was a not as good a year as what he's put on the park before. So yeah, he, it, he could possibly recapture some of that form he showed at Brisbane, it, but obviously didn't If work I was for to support year. for a team, there was two teams you could support out of Geelong and Port, you'd be going Geelong any day of the week. As in, for I their think future they're better outlook. placed. Yeah, they're better placed than Port Adelaide. You think so? Yeah, yeah I think absolutely. They got the stars quality there. Um, do we want to move on from the footy? Yep. Have yeah, a move on. Yeah. Hold on, we'll get our tips. Who, who are we tipping? I'm um, tipping Melbourne and Collingwood. I think the two um, informed teams. I'd say the, I know GWS are very informed, but I just think the home field advantage for Collingwood. Yeah, I'm with you, Sam. Yeah, I'm with not that confident one. on the D's, but let's hope momentum can I, get there. I'm not through. confident with the people saying we'll sm- no. that Melbourne will smash Hawthorne. That I is, we've lost 15 of our last 16 against Melbourne, Hawthorne. Melbourne and Collingwood. Melbourne and Collingwood, and we're all going to the footy this week, so it's mm-hmm. you know spring is in the air. Um, Maddie, I woke up, I think, Sunday morning, I think it was, and <coughs> Serena Williams had had what we would probably call a meltdown, I think that's fair to say, that was justifiable a meltdown, I would say, um, just going off tap at, at the chair umpire, mm. um, about some, you know, dodgy, uh, was it a, a score violation or no, something like coaching that? Violation. Coaching, coaching violation. Coaching violation. Uh, which the coach, matter of fact, actually came out and said he was coaching. Um, but Serena chucked a little tanty, and how did we, what did we make of it? And oh. what did we make of the, I suppose, the outrage about the cartoon that was made by Mark Knight a, as well? A week-long debacle, wasn't it? It just went from Sunday to Sunday. Uh, is that right? It's yeah. Like, it went for about a week, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, it did. It, just about. Yeah. Um, extraordinary. Her behaviour at that US Open final was just... It was a little bit typical of Serena in the past. We've seen her, but... To a whole new level. Oh, she's got a track record. Uh, oh, she does too at the US Open as well. We've seen her do it against Sam Stozer in a final. Yes. Um, when she threw the toys out of the cot. Kim exactly Clusters. Exactly like she did uh, two weeks ago. Yep, Clusters. She, she certainly got a reputation on tour for it, but it was just unfathomable what was going on against... No- I don't think Naomi Osaka knew what was I happening. I thought she there. was in a bad dream. <laughs> it's like... Well, she didn't know whether to look happy or look sad. sad or, or, she was just confused. Now, Maddie, you're... Your nan is extremely into tennis. What would have she taken out of this whole debacle? Oh, I don't think she, she looks upon that stuff too no fondly, too warmly. Yeah, no. So, you know, not really shining herself in a good light, Serena. No. I would say. But her whole point was around women's rights, right? I, I didn't get and that. That gender equality and what. How can she push that? Like, she's there carrying on like an absolute child, yeah. and she's trying to push women's rights while she's in the middle of a Grand Slams final. Yeah, and I, and I, I don't see that at all, how they intertwine. I, yeah, I don't it's think not the right like... place. It's not the right platform. 
it, if she's using that platform just to try and make an excuse for her behaviour, that's extremely poor I think, poor I think she threw it up there as an excuse. I think, I think so I as think well. it was there as a defensive mechanism. Yep. She, and she knew she was carrying on like a pork chop, and she thought, oh, I'll play that card that gets most people out of things these yeah. days. Yeah, well, she's probably got a pretty nice PR person in all regards. Yeah. And she's probably had a quick chat to the PR person. Yeah. And this is, okay, how are we going to get out of this? I've carried on. But, but, but she was doing it mid-match. I mean, she, she was... Talking about a daughter and she's a, a parent. Daughter? How did she come into it? Yeah. it? Just she just lost it. And the cartoon that Mark Knight drew uh, in the da- days that followed was as accurate a depiction of what happened as you could get. Um, and I think the outright outrage was. So what happened with the outrage? Well, so it was just that, like any cartoonist, he probably over. Over-exemplified. That's exactly does. what a cartoonist does. Um, if yeah. I had any problems with what he did, it, it, the one thing I could point my finger at with the cartoon was that Naomi Osaka w- was portrayed as a, or painted as a blonde Caucasian woman. You could make that uh, assumption, when really she's a, a relatively dark uh, Japanese woman. Yeah. At the end of the day, she's far enough away in the cartoon, and it's a bit murky. I'm, I'd, I'd let that one slip through to the keeper. The actual drawing of Serena, fantastic. Yeah. You know, she's a big African American woman. How else do you want to draw her when she's thro- throwing a tantrum? Like, yeah. yeah, that's true. I mean, I know what people are thinking in their minds that it, when it could be racist, and the thoughts that we've, you know, in the past come back to when we've um, drawn. African American people or dark skinned people, and you get those connotations, and people start drawing comparisons with apes. That's yeah. what. That's yeah. why this, this is Bean. potentially racist in some people's eyes. Yeah. But there's no uh, indication that he's drawn her to be an ape. He's drawn her as her. Yeah. That you just can't. You can't put things in other people's minds like this. No, and I, I know exactly what you're saying, and I and I agree. Um, but you know in the day we live with now, people are around just to complain about things. Mm. So the PC brigade were out in full force this week. What, what about the Herald Sun's response was... by just throwing it on the front page the next day? Is there any sort of hypocritical nature to what the Herald Sun have done, though? Why? In terms of they've got people writing for them, um, you know, like like these Susie O'Brien and all that, and they come out straight away as soon as a Sam Newman or someone does something, you know, against... That would be seen as politically incorrect, and then mm-hmm. they come out and make this this thing about people being too PC. Yeah, but I don't think we want news outlets to have a political agenda. So they have them, though, don't they? But I think you no, want you want you want journalists within an organisation to have differing views because you want them to be as independent as a paper as possible. 100%. If, you, if you have left wing columnists and right throughout your paper, or right wing columnists right throughout throughout your paper, it, it really it's. Go, it flies in the fla- face of the vali- it validity of your paper. accountable as well when you've got different views in the newsroom. Correct, so, yeah, exactly. You know, otherwise, if everyone was agreeing, how boring would it oh, be? I just I thought it was fantastic what the Herald Sun did the next day, and they sort of just said, shove it. Well, we are literally hopping out of the sports thing, sporting arena into the uh, political landscape, so... I might um, stand in the seat of Wentworth. Should we get back to it? And maybe another political decision that's happened is the Glenn Maxwell not being picked uh, for the... Te- the test tour of um, AIE or whatever, the United UAE. Arab... Yeah, UAE, sorry. Um, one of our best, you would say, batters to face spin. And 
doesn't see a, a plane ticket. Only person, uh, only Australian batsman to have scored a hundred in Asia, other than Smith and Warner in the past two years, Glenn Maxwell. Now can't get on the, either the Australia A or the Australia Tours. And Glenn Maxwell has maybe maybe he's been doing he's some, pissed someone. He's off. pissed someone off right off. Um, and I, I don't know what it would be because Glenn Maxwell. Anytime you hear him, he just seems like a charming yeah, bloke. Seems like a knockabout bloke that you could probably have a beer with. Yeah. Um, so he's really just pissed someone off. The goss always was that Steve Smith and Maxwell didn't see eye to eye. I can but, see that. But with Smith out of the, um, shouldn't the, matter then. The makeup it? now, it's something. He's obviously got an issue with someone else there. Is it Trevor Holmes or what was um? You don't think uh, Smith's still pulling a few cords I, while he's I away? Can, I can. Say for, for sure, he was filthy too, Maxwell. Was he? Came across really calm and measured On in his interviews, SEM. but behind closed doors, he, he's filthy with this decision. I would be don't, as well. Don't and worry he about that. seems like he's been led down this the wrong of, path. As it well. sort of seemed like just he was ripe for the picking, wasn't he? Like just like he's, this is it. Yeah, this is your chance. Yeah, yeah. Warner and Smith have gone. Who? Who make the quick runs? We've who, got a test to a, yeah. on a spinning deck. Yeah, like it's your turn now, and it just hasn't worked out that way, which is yeah, very very frustrating. And he's so f- I love watching Glenn Maxwell. Mass- you know, he's field. frustrating to watch sometimes because he comes out and loses his wicket in the first over trying to hit a six reverse sweep. I like yeah. it, it's he. That's just what you get with Glenn Maxwell, but he does freakish things in the field. He can. Bat well on these turning decks. He just needed a chance. On the other hand, I, I'm a big fan of Travis Head, and I really hope uh, he gets to make his debut in the bag. Are they saying future future maybe captain Travis Head? Oh, he's he's captain South Australia. Um, he's played some really nice innings for Australian one day cricket. Yeah, I think he's a really nice cricketer, and I, I hope he takes his opportunity. The, the thing I might be taking this a bit literally, boys, but when Langham was on the other day on radio, I heard an interview with him, and he said. People have got to make hundreds. What if someone in the in the um, uh, Sheffield Shield averages ninety four without getting any hundreds? Yeah, yeah you, you yeah. pick him. You're right. Thank you. I think that it's would, a throwaway phrase. Some of these excuses get were, were poor. I think from Langer. I think they just needed to pick him. I don't mind Finch being in. What do you reckon of Finch? Do you know what? But I, he doesn't even play for Victoria. They're rewarding him on the form that he's showed. In county, cr- in ca- county, uh, cricket. county cricket. Oh, so this ba- I'm not sure. A- to be honest, I'm not sure if he's up to it. Is this a selection for maybe looking t- into the ashes? Because he's done well on county r- wickets and English wickets, he might be looking for the ashes next year. Possibly. Away. Possibly. Well, it's, a, it's a long... I'm drawing a long bow there, boys, but you never know. How many... So we've got Finch and... Um, Siddle Siddle as Victorian Banana So that's, there's your answer That's why that Maxwell's not in Because you can't have more than two Victorians in a, in yeah. a side um, But I'm pretty sure we've covered all bases here Yeah. Um, bit of spring carnival around the corner So we'll cover that a bit more Hopefully the Mighty Mare obviously gets another one in the row uh, This weekend um, Thanks for joining us I'm sorry it's been a while But um, we're going to be back hopefully weekly um, Melbourne lose tonight. And make sure you just enjoy the next few weeks, footy fans, because it's going to be a ripper. So thanks for joining us. Cox throws it onto the left. One last roll of the dice for the Leo Barry, you start! Oh my goodness!
point blank, it's over! <laughs> Melbourne fans breathe it in!